Uh, ben Wallace being is, uh, into the Hall of Fame is pretty big, too. I'm not downplaying that. We'll talk about it, but a no-no. Spencer Turnbull. Um, how about Eric Haas, Divine Child, Dearborn, Catcher. Just uh, resilience. And, you know, look at these Tigers. They're playing tonight uh, coming up and, and at the end of the hour. And, uh, you know, looking at 9 out of 11 and actually putting some runs on the board and giving us something to watch. But, hey, our hat out here for me personally, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty. From me, Shawnee, uh, Dorch, Brandon Blake, and old Jay on the ones and twos, uh, we say congratulations. Sean, what do you think about that effort by turn? But wasn't it awesome? Love it. I, I don't care what anybody says. It, it's still a no-hitter. I mean, that period, end of story, I I know that some people are saying that no-hitters are watered down today and, and all that stuff, but, Darren, I, I mean, come on. Yeah. You're, you're still – and you and I were young when Jack Morris did it, right? That was such a special moment, and little did we know that was going to be the first of so many big moments in that first year, but my goodness gracious, loved every second of it. Well, that's it, and Lance Parrish, my favorite athlete of all time, um, was caught Jack's uh, no-hitter there. And But, Sean, this is where, you know, we can get um, go on to – uh, the Spencer Turnbull, you know, the resilience being drafted in 2014, you know, him talking about not having his great stuff and going to that. But you know what I was most, most fired up about? And if people want, I was fortunate enough that I was just getting home. So I got the alert on my phone that uh, no, no, no alert that you get from Major League Baseball through seven. And I was like, oh, right on, man, because we were talking during the day that uh, Spencer Turnbull is trying to come off of Casey Mize. And then if these guys can, you know, build off each other, being the young uh, hurlers that they are, sort of a la the old Atlanta Braves with the Glavins and the Smoltzes and the Averys and Maddox and stuff like that. And then I watched the eighth. And then it was like, oh, okay. And I was flipping it around. And then when it came back, but when he, not only the strikeout, not only the mask tossed by Eric Haas, which was absolutely, it was epic. I'm big into the sellies by the catchers and stuff. The embrace and everything. But the reaction from Jack Morris, Hall of Famer, and Craig Monroe after hit it on the head, no matter, I want everybody to know if they saw that, that is exactly how we feel in this town of Detroit, whether we're Tigers, Pistons, um, Red Wings, Lions is that that's how we feel for the kids that are doing it now. We wish them the best. And then when you know the stories behind it, but Jack getting choked up and I was getting choked up when Jack was getting choked up. And this is Jack freaking Morris, man. Jack freaking Morris. It, like, I thought that was the coolest moment. And you know what? Here's the whole thing from just, I know you loved it as much as I did because you just, the purity of the, Jake Rogers is pie smash or uh, pie in the face smash. Drape used to do that to everybody, and I'm talking about the shaving cream with the towel. He used to do that for everybody's birthday, right? While they're getting interviewed for their birthday in practice, and he'd come up behind with a cake, or he'd come up with a shaving cream, and he'd hit you in the face. But uh, you know the the fact, and then he goes and you think everything's calmed down, and then they all chase him around again, you know, with water bottles. Uh, I think that really shows a lot of that 
the culture that they're trying to build in the clubhouse. And it's it's one of these things that I got to give A.J. Hinch and his coaching staff credit in the fact that they've stuck to their guns of just, you know, preach and pound the strike zone, you know, try to do this. And now that the bats are heating up, hopefully this means something. But, uh, you know, it's definitely that um, when we were talking about the Detroit Tigers uh, coming in last week, oh, and it's May 21st, by the way, I forgot to uh, tell everybody in case they were. You know how I know that, Dorch? Because Griffin McCarty's 25th birthday was yesterday. Well, happy birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday. Well, I text him in the in the morning, and he's on the West Coast, so as early as I said, I'll call you later. But hey, happy, uh, I said you got the golden birthday, the DMAC birthday. So that's it. So um, <laughs> side note, but I mean, you know, like, if you step back and take take the temperature and, and uh, the Tigers, but everything else, our sports teams, like, we're coming out of COVID. <laughs> you know, like everybody else, it seems like the outside's opening up and, you know, the restrictions are lifting. Well, that the restrictions on being a good sports team in this town has changed. And did you, was there anything, what did you think about the Jack Morris and, and the SEMO, or was there any moments that caught you about the no-no or what went do, on after? Do you know what it was? I, and I'm going to sound really cheesy here, Mac. We, yeah, we I like when cheese it. We haven't had a lot to cheer about. Dude. And, and I, I'm not yep. real optimistic about the future. I, I'm point blank, I'm not. For one night, we got to watch and enjoy it and be happy. And if that's cheesy, then then you know what? Call me Gouda. Because I, I honestly, <laughs> I that, love that's Gouda. what... That's what I. That's the way that I felt. I was half asleep. I was trying my hardest to stay up for the late West Coast game and everything, Mac. And I, I can't stay up and watch the 10:30 games like I used to. And much like you, I was alerted to what was going on, and I was like, "Okay, it's going to be one of those nights. You know, you, you might be dragging tomorrow morning, but it, it's all good." Here's a guy that just a, a couple of years ago, Spencer Turnbull, lost 17 games, man. He lost 17 games just a couple years ago. Good for him. But, you know, but, and, and, and like you said, listen, I'm happy they're winning. I wish they were winning with some of the, you know, quote-unquote hashtag Detroit root guys that we've heard about. But you know what? That night, I was just happy. No crying, no complaining. I, I, I just took it for what it was, you know? That's a story of life right there resilience and it shows you more of the person because of his, his struggles and it just reminded me is that when that stat came up but yeah this guy lost this many games and said well you know what it's falling down the mountain then this is his 94 95 96 until he gets up over it and to be rewarded like that to get because here's the thing right which is the divine it's like me scoring the goal right at 97 clincher because he'd never pitched past the seventh so the fact that a complete game you know it it was it was his day maybe it was john daly since his pga tournament maybe it was john daly 91 pga yeah coming seventh out of, guy in and right, all that. you know yeah. what i'm saying maybe maybe uh that's the way it was but who cares that I, I, what i'm looking for now is where does he go from here and the one thing that I like is that the Tigers team feeds on it, and you only feed off that stuff or see them acting that like little kids when they feel like little kids. Hence, that's what winning does for you, and that's when they're, at least when they're losing, they're together. You know what I mean? You look at some other teams out there, especially in baseball, that they're not together. And, you know, look, look at Minnesota. Look at, you know, the fall Kansas City's had. You know, we're going into Kansas City tonight as the Tigers and have a legitimate chance to – we know that 
we can win the, this series and stuff like that. So um, congratulations to him. Uh, when we come back, I want to touch uh, on Ben Wallace and your, uh, your thoughts on that, Sean. And also to get into the NHL playoff talk. We are going to talk about it because, gosh darn it, Overtime, 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 exciting game. And I got to give Brandon Blake a little bit of a lesson about counting his chickens and all that stuff. So uh, thanks for joining us here on a Friday night. This is the Darren McCarty Show. And if you haven't heard, get the WJR app on Instagram. And I'm going to start it here. We'll get to Ben in a minute. But he says to me, ask the question. I just told I was like, look, the mics are off. It's a safe place. How do you how do you really feel about Blashville being here in Detroit? And let me put it this way, Sean. I saw the face that Claude Lemieux saw. I saw it for a moment. And then I let him know I was just winding him up and just giving him a hard time. Because I oh. there's a tickety talkity or an there's something out there in the social media world if you see where I I tell everybody it's the wiser plan because Stevie said so and we're not there yet. Bottom line for anybody who is still listening, right? Wait till the goalie. The goalie's before the coach. This is the perfect guy. So, I mean, I read, I, because of what I chose to do, and I know I put myself in this position, I was forewarned be, when my good buddy and partner in crime, Sean Belegian, told me, you sure you want to do that? You know, you got to read stuff. And, and, and it blows my mind how stupid some people really are. Right, because they don't understand and just listen until it's time. Because the first thing, I'll be the first one to question Steve Eisman when it's not right. So as long as you trust me. And there's not another Detroit Red Wing in the history that has more cups than I do. There's a lot with the same. Some are still alive, some aren't. But that's what I'm saying. So I'm just saying, trust the vibe and it's just go with the flow. So... I think Jeff Blaschel is awesome. Yes, Breathe, exactly. Big breath. Ooh. I know, and and we're gonna see a lot of great things from this team. What did you? What about you, Sean? That's just my look personal at, feelings. Look no further than Tampa. Go go back. If you're a National Hockey League fan, okay, go back. They had this crazy run early on, right? They had this crazy run, and then you know what? They they struggled. There's no other way to say it. And they they had some unceremoniously bounces out of the playoffs as well. And then all of a sudden, I mean, honestly, take a look at it the last six years. This is a team now that, that has been amongst the greats in the National Hockey League. And I go back to that day that he was hired, April 19th, 2019. He said, point blank, this isn't about getting back into the playoffs this is about getting this franchise into that level that, that people around here grew accustomed to. And and you know how I define that, Mac? What the Tampa Lightning have done for the last six years. And and sure, if, if you want to be that guy and say that they've only had one cup, you're more than welcome to say that. But I'll take that one cup. I'll, I, I'll take being in the mix each and every year and certainly being considered one of the, if not the favorites this year. It's going to take time. It's five years. There's a couple more years of this to go, but I'll tell you what, Mac, I agree with you. When they're close, you'll see him make that move. And it might not be it might not be that highly drafted goaltender. You know, he took a chance on Ben Bishop in Tampa. He took a chance even earlier on on, on Dwayne Rollison in Tampa. When he goes and gets that guy, that's going to be a sign 
that they're close. What do you say to people? And obviously, they're the first ones. If you talk to Chris Draper or you talk to Steve Eisenman or whatever, that we have to choose good players, right? Where the argument with Tampa is, well, they, they got Stamkos and they got Hedman and they trapped it up high. And you know what? Like, good. Make the make all the cup champions a little harder. It's like, you know, obviously, I we can laugh about the way that we've, we've been treated in the draft, but we're going to get there no matter what. And the bottom line, because what the most important thing is it's not to get there and win one it's to get there and win and be competitive for more than one for every year to be like you said Tampa for six years in that no that's important now here I want to do something because last night um I saw Blaine Fowler and and uh, somebody's alter e- some some uh, I don't know alter ego or but yeah. the Montreal Canadian fan who if anybody who's a hockey fan leaves uh, no it's not, not you but you. you know who it is it's not me. you're like yeah, Alfred you know who it is but it's you not know me. who it is that's what I mean because that's your the inside information dude yeah you don't even speak French bro no I mean geez <laughs> you only kiss that way ah uh, <laughs> that was Mark Burr that was Mark Bergman. Mark Bergevin, the GM of Montreal Canadiens, that was that was his line. I am not I am not just French. I just kiss that way. <laughs> anyway, segue. That's the GM of Montreal Canadiens. Um, so you're Dominic Ducharme, and I'm Sheldon Keefe. And last night, the Montreal Canadiens on a sick shorty by Paul Byron effort. If you haven't seen it, yeah, exactly. B. That's playoff hockey. That's a Chris Draper ish. Malty, dirty grind line goal. But the Twin Towers of Petrie, um, local kid Jeff Petrie, uh, Dan Petrie's son, and uh, Shea Weber. And Carey Price looked like old Carey Price. Now, in this game, if you haven't seen it, you do not need to watch it. Take my word for it. There was a... An ax- there was an accident, a sort of a play where John Tavares, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, got hit, and then uh, Corey Perry, uh, incidentally, on the way by Needham, right in the head, and it was a scary situation and stuff like that. A couple, you know, but the best part today, and you could tell it took the wind out of uh, the sails of Tor- of Toronto and stuff, but. To let everybody know, Tavares is, was responding. He's he's better. He's out of the hospital. Um, he's indefinitely out with a severe concussion. But if you're Dominic Ducharme, the coach, the head coach, um, do you think that it's a uh, deficit? Obviously, because he's not on the ice, or do you think that Toronto can bounce back and using Tavares's injury as motivation? You know, I, I would hope that they can bounce back because they, they didn't look good last night. But we're talking and, about and this team. This is the problem yeah, with this team. Can they afford to hit, you be it. get hit? This is a gut shot, right? And we had to, talking about our Detroit Red Wings back in the day, had to learn how to take a punch and how to learn how to take a, a gut shot and learn how to take a knockdown and learn how to bow bowl one and two it. You know, Rocky one and two. That's how we, you know, fought, and then and then it turned into Rocky four. And if everyone can change, so then holy cow! I just realized <laughs> well, no, Mac, I mean, the Russian five and Rocky, what, Sean. Anyways, isn't but, that what everybody's been saying about the Leafs? But, that this team isn't built for the playoffs. I mean, if they and you know what, they looked like it. If that series is is a is a game like last night, 
Montreal's going to beat them. Oh, period. Dude. End of story. Words that I never thought would come out of my mouth. Montre- I mean, honest to goodness. But if they, if that series is like, they have to skate. They have to keep going at it. And what should scare them? And and I know we have a lot of Leaf fans listening in the area, more in particular across the river. Is is Carey Price look like Carey Price and not Carey Thrice? I started calling him Carey Thrice because of his propensity to give up three or more goals. And and you know what? He looked like Carey Price last night, and that he, he did. that should scare them. That it's, should scare them immensely, you know. And they already got enough the pressure of being well, Maple Leafs in their head and everything. But Mac, I want to ask you. I this is I've been waiting to ask you this all day. If that was you, and that was Corey Perry, would you have asked him to dance? Because Felino's getting uh, a lot of heat. Like from who? Everybody knows it was inadvertent. Even Felino said it was inadvertent. From who is he getting heat? Uh, from media, hockey media people? people. Hockey yeah, people. A lot of hockey people. No, yeah, no, no, no. Don't, people. no, no. Don't say me like real hockey people. Like, like a well, that's people a good I'd respect. That's a good question. People I'd that's respect. Good, people that know the game. That because what happened there, and I broke it down earlier, is Corey Perry and. And Felino squashed everything right there, and even the way Perry sort of like took took his up and come. Either it squashes everything, it's smoldering the fire, it's whatever like that. Nothing builds up to it. You don't have Corey. If Corey Perry wouldn't wouldn't have done that and it made a bigger deal of it, depending how it is now, it. Corey Perry did the smartest thing, and who cares? You know, even it looked like he got a few shots, and because it sort of looked like he felt bad, and he sort of wanted to get the golf gods' karma ba- or the golf gods, the hockey gods' karma back to Montreal. Like to me, that was the greatest thing Corey Perry's ever done as a team player. And I'm I'm exaggerating because he's got a Stanley Cups and Memorial Cups and stuff. But you know what I mean? He's known as yeah. sort of a you know selfish player, and and he's a rat. Right, you know what I mean. So that wasn't a rap move. That was a respectful the way that they did it. I I liked it, and, I, and I'd like to ask, you know, Jody Shelley, who's on NHL Network, who does a heck of a job, who's one of the like uh, the last of the, the gunslinger uh, enforcer guys and stuff. But but I just think it just quelled everything down. And then you look, um, because they got the revet. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing to. There's nothing to drive off of. And you know what the big thing is, Sean? No fans in Canada. So the yep. fact that there's no fans there that you can't, that and that's why Toronto's probably going to suffer more. They play two perimeter. What I saw last night, and I'm sorry for all you Toronto fans, but I saw that I don't think you can win with the Mitch Marner because he doesn't have that jam that I see like a Nick Backstrom have when it comes down to it. Zach Hyman's a great inside guy, but they got too many perimeter guys. If they're gonna if they're gonna, like I said last night, wait for that power play. And you know, Austin Matthews is, is a great player, but you know, is he still immature immature to the fact to understand that he can't do it all himself? And who's going to support him? So I could be totally wrong. This leadership and the fact that you got Joe Thornton in the room and stuff like this might help. It, it helps way more than it hurts. So we'll find out what this team's all about anyway. So uh, we'll talk more playoffs. Obviously, Boston, Washington going at it. They're the overtime teams. But uh, we're going to take a break here. Got to pay the bills. Um, but thanks for joining us here on a Friday night, AM 760 WJR. Anyways, thanks for joining us on this Friday night. 
Eric Dortz, Brandon Blake, old Jay on the ones and two, Shawnee B and D-Mac here. Two we weeks away and I come back to this. This is just, ugh. ugh. That'll teach you. Yeah, that's true. That was your time away. It was Who a, cared? Was no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> uh, You know, miss the show, miss the show. It's always a fun time. But yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> no, how, yeah, it doesn't matter. Selfishly, I had a good time. Okay, that's Hey, that's hold all. on. You know what? You were away, so, um... You missed. You missed out, didn't you? Playoffs. You, oh, you didn't miss out on the playoffs, right? Because the phone lines are down and stuff Warrior. like that. Warrior. Yeah. Because Greg from Shelby called in. Did he Actually, tell you to hit him? What? Did he say hit me? He, oh, he did, and I hit him. Hoo-yah! I'm going to start crying. It's okay, Greg. I'm going to tell you know Eric that you were concerned and that we held it down, and that next week when the phones are back up, we're going to even call and awesome and how happy you were and how happy we all are that eric's back so um he was worried about you i love it see that's you know what mac he messaged me on facebook and and i promised i'd I'd give him a shout out he said (sighs) you know tell the warriors i'll be back next week and everything and so uh we appreciate you listening as always yeah there you go into the stars and you got to believe in yourself see there it is i love it you know what that's a little homage to my man Greg, and an homage to Dan Campbell, who said that he wants a uh, baby tiger. Oh, no, a pet lion, a man. Pet lion. A chain. Or a pet, that's what I meant, a he pet lion. like a guy that would be perfect to own a pet lion. He really Speaking does. of that, did you guys see that PETA responded? And, like, whoever's got to stick up their rear end at PETA has no sense of humor at all, right? I mean, it was just, like, their response was just, like, really? Nobody laughed? Like, I mean, like, he wasn't. I didn't take it seriously. I guess I mean it's I guess it's the way of the world. What are you gonna say? But um so I'm we, gonna say I'm gonna have an extra rack of ribs this weekend. Yeah. Thanks for the inspiration, Peter. Yeah, rack of ribs. are you going ribs this weekend, Sean? I am going ribs this weekend. All right, that's just a little oh taste before the last segment when we get into what's Uncle Shotty got on the grill. Oh, I can't wait to that's gonna be awesome. So are the, is all those same different oh Sorry, we'll talk about it after boat because Dorch is here. I forgot. Last week we could talk openly about it because Dorch wasn't here. Anyway, for all of you that do care about hockey, like myself, the other any of the other series out of all of the series, Sean, I would say that another game going on tonight, the uh, the uh, Hurricanes, the um, Carolina oh. Hurricanes, um, and the Predators. They, it looks like they got control of that series. Um, I love my boy Alex Nedeljkovic getting an opportunity there, Mac. It it is – look, we saw Peter Morazic up close and personal here. There's no other way to say it. He's incredibly inconsistent. And and I like that Rod Brindamore said, let's give the kid a chance. Uh, Mac, this is – I'm not just – he is one of the nicest human beings I've ever known. Alex is just – Who's nicer, him or Tom Wilson? Uh, Alex, he is. He's just. Who's nicer, Alex or me? Boy, that's tough. Okay, all right. No, no. It could be be Alex. I'm not just saying. I'm not being PC. That's that. Alex is just a wonderful. (laughs) You don't get a vote, Dorch. No, I was just afraid I was going to answer because if he says something (laughs) wrong, answer you might take it out on me. I'm right next to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Can you get that dump truck of uh, tissues that I'd been hoarding over the COVID? Because, yes, I bought like 8,000 packs. No, I didn't. But I thought if I did, if I knew you were going to whine this bad, I mean, 
Holy cow! But no. Oh my the, god! Oh my god! Is right, Greg. Thank you. Anyways, um, but that's a great game, story. Game one on Sunday night of, and I'm sure you watched it, but I, I, I would not, I would not forgive myself if I didn't say this. Game one of Tampa and Florida on Sunday night was one of the best hockey games I've seen in years. Like I'm not, I'm not joking. Oh. I, I was watching it, and I was in a group text with a few of my buddies, and we were just laughing, Darren. I, like it, it was just like. The speed, the hits, the intensity, the hatred, and yes, hatred sells. It was it was one of the best games I've seen. That is not an overstatement in years. It was thoroughly enjoyable. I was sad when it ended. I mean, it was just a fun game to watch. And sometimes everything comes together like that. And, and that game one, Tampa and Florida, was a game like that to me. It was just it, – it, it was awesome. It was one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time. Oh no, I I can't be that that series. I mean, it's, you know, last game too. They they put up six uh, five. I mean, Florida came back and won, and obviously, that's huge. But you know what? I said this at the beginning of the year when they revamped the divisions and caught made the Canadian division made all this there's going to be old school hatred because guys are playing against each other and we're seeing yep. it spark out in the Panthers series we're seeing it in the Pens and the Islanders series which that's an to me that's old school Atlantic division battle right there you know what I mean it's like at time you got the the old school Wiley veterans and Crosby and Malkin and then you got you know that Islanders trying to shut it down, shut it down, and and you know get the timely, uh, timely goals. The Avs. I mean, what do you say about Colorado? That that Ranton, uh oh. and get uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Landeskog and, and and Nathan McKinnon. I I know everybody talks about yeah. the perfection line. I think that's the best line in hockey. I just do. Oh, I mean, it, it's those guys are something. Yeah, Ratatouille's pretty good in Boston too. With uh, they call him Ratatouille because you know why, Derek? Yeah. You know Ratatouille because you got the rat and Marshawn, you got the French guy in Bergeron, and then you got pasta in in Pasternak. So I, I thought that was one of the most creative ones out there. But that's a great series and going on right now too. What about Oilers Jets? Because I think that uh, the upset, you know, the Oilers looked. They just looked nervous, didn't they? They looked. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, they they just didn't look and 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 the Jets, but the Jets looked like Paul Maurice experienced, if that makes you sense. You and I both, you and I both said last week, and I even said you stole my thunder, um, that that was an upset special. Um, two inconsistent teams, but I I'm I'm gonna say it again. I I I question Edmonton's goaltender with Mike Smith. Um, and Connor Hollebuck, the local guy and everything, Paul Maurice put on a coaching clinic in game one, in my humble opinion. I put, I think he put on a coaching clinic. And, um, Mac, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think I think Winnipeg's going to win that series. I really do. No, it's it's awesome. And, and then uh, before uh, you came in here, we were talking about last night, the Las Vegas Knights. Um, if you didn't watch the game, um, oh, Brandon Blake's in there. Uh, Wilds up two nothing. There's a uh, goal up three nothing, but it's disallowed goal. And then what I saw was the the Knights realizing, oh, we don't got to play their game. We'll play our game. And they just opened yep. it up. And and I think that that's the wake up call they that they needed like we sort of did. It took us two games in 0-2 against Vancouver, right? They woke it up. You know, a little bit earlier. That one reminds me of uh, 
97 or 8 against uh, Phoenix. You know, like there's okay. always these early yep. series where the momentum goes back and forth. So, um, that to me, the Panthers Lightning still up in the air. Um, the Isles, Pen, obviously the Caps and uh, Bruins, they go to overtime every time. But uh, I think that the Golden Knights and the Avs are uh, f- setting themselves up to, to have a pretty good battle that could turn into one of the better rivalries moving forward. Uh, in this league. Can I ask a quick question? Are we sleeping on the Penguins a little bit in the East? Do, do they have one last run left in them? I mean, because I, I Jeff Penguins Carter now. looks like the Jeff Carter from, like, forget about a couple of years ago, from, like, 10 years ago. So right? he, it, it just perfect fit there, Mac. Well, that's it, right? So they tried to do it last year with Marlowe. Right? And it's getting the right guy. And Jeff Carter, the, what's the difference between Jeff Carter and Patrick Marlowe? Not just because Patrick Marlowe's got more games and stuff. Jeff Carter's got cups. He's got mm-hmm. cups. He knows. So cups go to cups, right? Or the, the guy coming in like that. So automatically you know what every feeling, good, bad, and different does. And so do how many guys in that Pittsburgh room. So for me, if they stay healthy, I just, you know, I just they fear they're an injury away that I don't think that. But they remind me of us, us in 08. So, so in saying that, they could be. You can't sleep on them because they got Sid the Kid. You know, yep. I'm more confident in Pittsburgh than I am in Edmonton. Oh, no question. Yeah. Okay. No, no question. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Darren, because I'm sick and tired of, of talking to people around here who let their disdain for the Penguins and maybe going back to 09 club. Sidney Crosby is one of the best hockey players we'll see period but end the, of story the, all i gotta say I, as i call like i see it right and this kid has matured into being the face of the league as anybody has and and the thing that bothers me is he takes more abuse than anybody if you want to compare anybody to steve eisman it would be Sidney crosby and you know i know pat mcafee um did that or whatever he posted something and that said oh here's you know sid the kid great and i said just because he takes after eisman on and off the ice. But those are just pure leaders, so you never can count them out. And as a face of the NHL, I, I'm I'm proud of the guy. He is so good, and he does it the right way. That's the whole thing, guys. you got guys that do it the right way that I don't care if you have this little hate for. You have to have that respect, and I think that's what it is around here. So um, coming up on the break here, but when we come back, uh, we're going to toast. I want to hear what everybody says because – Big Ben was my guy, and he got into the Hall of Fame. We're going to touch on that, the PGA Championship, and what's Uncle Sean cooking this weekend on the grill. When we come back here, Darren McCarty Show, AM760, WJR. And congratulations from all of us here on the Darren McCarty Program, at WJR, to Ben Wallace, um, going to work Pistons, the Fro, Everything, four-time defensive player, all-star, you name it. Uh, couldn't be happier for the guy. I thought that was great. Um, I'm a little PO'd because I saw Ben do an interview and he didn't have his hair. He cut it all off. He looks all business now. But congratulations, Ben Wallace. Sean, what do you remember about Ben Wallace and, and what do you have to say about him going in the Hall of Fame? That team was Detroit and Ben Wallace was Detroit. You know, I mean, honestly, I, Darren, I, and no disrespect to your teams that won the cup, I, that, that team was just, you know, cast-offs and, and, and guys that, you know, people didn't want and guys that allegedly had bad attitudes, and, and, and it all came together, 
and it was just awesome. I mean, that, that was such a fun, fun year, and everybody thought that whoever came out of the East, it was just going to be the sacrificial lamb to uh, the Lakers and their group of mercenaries, and it was it was unbelievable. And, and Ben was, I mean, he was the heartbeat. He really was. He, he was he was the heartbeat of that group. But that that city, boy, this city just it was synonymous with those guys. It really it was it was just a fun fun time. It really was. No, it definitely was, and uh, that's you know the same memories I'm sure they have of the Palace as we do of uh, Joe Louis Arena. Absolutely. So, so congratulations to Ben Wallace. Um, Obviously, uh, PGA Championship, second major in Kiowa. How do you pronounce that name? Kiowa. Kiowa, South Carolina. Now, okay, just to put perspective, right? If you play a golf course from the men's tees, not the whites, like the blues or whatever, let's just say the average would be like 64, 6,500. Would you say, Eric? I was going to say somewhere between like 625 and like 64. So, yeah. Okay. So, right, right around there. there, right? These pros are playing this course at, and this is South Carolina. You know how many mountains? They're not in the altitude. 7,800 yards. And. Excuse me. If anybody's ever been to South Carolina, there's wind blowing all over. So I'm going to go to our astute reporter of golf, Mr. Eric Dorch, yeah. with an update because somebody's got somebody at the top of the leaderboard. You know, I, I, see, I pulled what you do uh, with uh, Kozlowski. I just played the odds and kept putting Mickelson in there. Phil Mickelson is right now tied for the lead with Louis Oosthuizen at 5-under. You've got Kepka, Matsuyama, Brandon Grace, who gave up the lead for Mickelson to take it over, uh, all at 4-under. Guys like Gary Woodland and then... Whoa, uh, whoa what's, what is he at? Uh, Gary Woodland is at two under. Ooh, plus ten k, uh, got him. Uh, got the, him. What's Phil? Plus four million. Phil was at plus twenty five thousand when I put the. I got Gary Woodland plus ten thousand. That's not bad. No. Uh, Kevin Kisner, uh, champ, uh, will not make the cut. Those are uh, those are two of the guys I had, but. Uh, yeah, you got guys like Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, who are really paying for the wind because they hit it a little bit higher, uh, both plus three right now. So. What made the cut? Uh, last I saw, it was plus five. So, you know, that's a major, and it obviously goes to show you that, and it's and usually the PGA is not the one, the U.S. Open is the one where they try to, you can't be better than this course, and we want to keep it on even par. So the weather comes into it, and like you said, it's a, you know, lower ball. I took Leishman, too. I don't know if, where he's at, because um, he was, a, for the fact that he was a low ball hitter. I don't know what he's doing or anything. Sean, have you been watching any of this golf? Oh, absolutely. Uh, two things, it's interesting, something that, Eric said was what you know all the pros said on Spin and Golf last week that they they liked that guy that was that was going to get it up there this weekend and the second thing is you know I'm always going to pull for those 70 birth dates we're not done yet damn it Phil Phil's four days older than me so those, those 70 birth dates it's it's like draft year Mac you I know? like it oh Max is 72 and you know yep. today kids are you know they're talking about you know the O threes and and whatever the case may be. These 70 guys, they aren't done yet. So uh, it, wouldn't it be something? I remember, I always go back to this, watching the Masters in 86 and, and Jack Nicholas winning, and he was 46 years old, and I just thought that was so ancient. 50-year-old mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson winning this tournament would be unbelievable. Yes, Sean, and for anybody so they're not confused, it's born in 1970, not 70-year-old going to win the PGA tournament. <laughs> 
<laughs> potato, uh, potato. Potato, uh, potato. Yeah, uh, the, Phil Mickelson, uh, they said it today. A guy, uh, the oldest at this point is 48. I don't remember the person's name, but it was back in like the 60s, I believe. Uh, Leishman is at plus six. And so oh. Leishman didn't make the weekend, unfortunately. Uh, but for me, it's that. It's that with how tough this course is, because if you've been watching, you see they have all these waste bunkers, which you've ever tried to hit out of a waste bunker. It's not easy. You can't hit behind. you got to pick the ball perfectly. So take that. And on top of the, the average right now is 20 mile an hour wins and trying to decide where that ball's going is you and I, I don't know about you, Mac. I, I, I'd have to take about 10. I would, ra- I, I would rather it be wet. Yes. Then windy. Absolutely. I hate the wind. Yeah. I, well, well, I, I hit the ball, ball a mile in the air. Yeah, you, so, you and I both. So do I. So, um, but, you know, so everybody else will see. It's always great major championships. And, you know, this is the one that uh, Jordan Spieth has eluded him. And, you know, a lot of people thought maybe this might have been to be back. But, again, you hit it high and wind gets it up, it's going to cost you. So, Sean, you mentioned um, ribs. Are you going St. Louis? <laughs> No, you know what? Uh, I I got turned on to um, Duroc ribs. I've always Ooh, liked wait, Duroc what? pork. Duroc. Yeah, it's Duroc. It's Duroc pork is, is a that, different like, kind of pig. I thought Duroc like, had tequila. I thought Duroc had tequila. I didn't yeah, know Duroc like... had pork. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm I'm telling you what. I, you pay a little bit more, but it's worth it. I so I, I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some Duroc ribs. Uh, Mac God, last I'd night love to smell great. what Duroc is cooking then. <laughs> Mac, wow. last night I, I did some If you smell ribs. what the rock is cooking, ribs. I, I'm surprised you didn't smell the smoked wings that I did last night because I used some maple chips. That was you. Gosh, I knew just oh. a little bit. I, You know what? I apologize oh. to whoever's uh, bar, whoever's house I came over to and ate. I thought it was uh, for me. Uh, it was obviously Sean's. You smoked ribs last night, bro. You did. You know what? That makes sense. Big hockey game. Big yeah, hockey I, game. I, I, I smoked these wings. I'm telling you what, it was about a two-hour smoke, and I just kept firing maple chips in there for the first hour. It, it had such a good taste. Those maple chips made such a big difference. I think from now on, I'm, I'm using chips. maple chips when I do my wings. Ooh, maple chip wings. All right, you know what? And you know I'll have to – I'll give you a, the, the test to really tell you how they are. Deal. All right. Deal. Anything else going on the grill? Other no, than ribs? no, I'm just. I, I, I think I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna do some Duroc, some Duroc ribs, and uh, Sunday's kind of a, a chill out day before we do spin on golf. And I'm actually guest hosting on Sports Wrap on uh, oh. Sunday night, so I'll be chilling out, eating ribs, and doing a show from home. So love it's, it. It's all good. Love it. You know, um, uh, Brandon was uh, asking something about amazed about Kucherov not playing all year and coming back. Go ahead, B. Yeah, so I was just asking you, like, how hard is it and how impressive do you think it is that he didn't play all regular season and he comes back in the playoffs and he hasn't really, like, missed a beat, at least from a casual hockey fan watcher's eye. Obviously, you see the game a little bit better than I do, but well, I, I see it, your take on it. I see it differently in talent's talent, and obviously, you know, he's a, he's a shooter. He's he, he is smart to go to the right places, but the one thing is that you'll find is that, and it always sort of in the back of my mind, is he's apt to take a stupid penalty, right? Like, he's, he's a guy that you can get off his game Right when you play physical against him, but he's smart. In fact, that he won't put himself in that position. But again, he's a guy that he worries me that it could take a bad penalty at the wrong time. But it's impressive when he misses that. That just goes to show you his talent. 